Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Defiant Business Podcast, and I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles, founder of Defy the Status Quo, a branding and marketing consultancy. This podcast is for the business owners and professionals who have seen the status quo in their industry and are ready to do things differently. We're here for the contrarians, mavericks, and rebels. On the Defiant Business Podcast, we'll talk about marketing, sales, client and customer experiences, finances, and amazing entrepreneur journeys that show that none of us are alone. Thank you for joining me. Hey there. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Defiant Business Podcast. I'm your host, Ruthie Bowles. And today with me again, I have Eric Morse, the founder of Ideal Career Coach. If you did not catch Eric's first episode, the one that went live last week, please go ahead and check that out. He told us a bit about his entrepreneur journey, his different career transitions, as well as what helped him you know, kind of take that step off the ledge and fly into entrepreneurship, crazy, crazy flight as it is sometimes for us. But today that's his journey. So, you know, Eric's here with me today and we're going to dive right into an area of his expertise. And so what we're going to talk about today is going not from employee to entrepreneur, but going from entrepreneur to employee because entrepreneurship isn't necessarily for everybody and it's okay for that to be true for you. So Eric, thank you again for joining me. Ruthie, thanks for having me back. First, got to just give again a shout out to you and everything that you're doing. If you're just jumping into this for the first time with with Ruthie and you haven't really seen her post, you're in TikTok too, right? Yes, I am. (laughs) Yeah, you have some really unique, Ruthie has a really unique way that she's delivering marketing and how you can be you. I would, she's helped give me some insight and made me relax too, because that's what, you know, being an entrepreneur or even just doing your own job or whatever it is, just kind of being yourself and not thinking what everybody else thinks. And that's why I'm really glad to be on the Defiant podcast because definitely the Defiant nature has led me to where I'm at. And I hope the same for all your listeners too. So thank you, Ruthie. Well, thank you. And I just want to throw out disclaimer. I did not pay him to say that this time or in the last episode. So I just want to make sure y'all are clear on that. And just, Eric, I really appreciate you saying so. You know, sometimes with content, even with people with, you know, large audiences, larger than mine, it feels like you're kind of shouting into the void sometimes. So it's just really nice to hear that, you know, it makes a difference that, you know, it's impacting people. And I know it does, you know, but it's always nice to hear it anyway. So just thanks. (laughs) It's true. I, you know, it, you know, looking at some of the, the content and how you can really get your own voice out is going to be critical to your success. And there's a lot of cookie cutter stuff out there. There's a lot of like, you know, generic things and that's not flying anymore. Uh, it's it's not, not, it's not, it's, it's funny. I was just listening to something today and somebody, somebody was mentioning that we go through content the same way we go through our mail that we get out of the mailbox, usually over your trash can and you're throwing most of it in there. So when you consider that from that vantage point, when people, you know that they are just like, okay, I'm just going to keep going because this looks like the same thing that I've seen every other time versus what makes people stop, stop the scroll. That's really your goal with any of your content is to stop the scroll. I like that. Stop the scroll. Sounds like a hashtag. (laughs) But this topic, the one we're talking about here today, entrepreneurship going from, you know, being an entrepreneur to being an employee or back to being an employee, whatever it was. So if it was me in my case, it would be back to, to, 
being an employee because I had been employed at one point before. Came up between Eric and I because we were talking about how everybody's like hustle, hustle, hustle and entrepreneurship. It's like freedom and, you know, everybody can do it. That's kind of what they're putting out here. And if you Google like how to start being an entrepreneur, how to start a business or whatever, you're going to find a bajillion things that are like, start your business in 10 days. And like the person is going to be, you know, out on a beach with like a margarita and their laptop or something like that. <laughs> You know, but that's kind of the what Pinterest and Instagram has kind of done to us is it makes us think that like entrepreneurship is super easy. But when in fact it really it's it's not it's not the only way. Like being an entrepreneur isn't better than being an employee. And it's funny because I think most entrepreneurs forget that at some point they're probably gonna want employees, right? So it definitely shouldn't like shit on unemployment. Curious because we I wanted to talk specifically, because we were talking about it, but I wanted to talk specifically about entrepreneurs who are maybe thinking of returning to the workplace as like an employee, especially with all of the stress and things that are going on right now. And I think Eric and I demonstrated in our previous episode, when we were talking a bit about his journey, both of us, right, were willing to take the risk and and step off the ledge and see whether we fly or fall or whatever it's going to be, maybe a combination of both. You know, there's a line there's a line for everyone. And I think it's important that we don't call that line like you're giving up line. It's not. I have a line because I've got, you know, I've got responsibilities as an adult. I am an adult and I pay my bills. And, you know, everybody's got a different line. You know how much you can grow and shrink your life or whatever it's going to be. And I've got four kids. So there's only so much I can shrink my life. We can't all live out of my car. So there's going to reach a point, right? There could, there's a line where I'm like, you know what? I just, I have to get a job and and it is what it is. But I was curious, Eric, to know what are, for the entrepreneurs who have come to talk to you, you know, if they're, they're coming to talk to you about going back to work full-time or part-time, to, you know, even if they're still running their business on the side or whatever, but what are some of the common like thoughts or emotions that entrepreneurs seem to experience before, you know, just as they're getting ready to, or I guess just as they're beginning to to work with you and they're kind of exploring that option of employment? Wow, such a great topic. I'm really uh, humbled to be able to discuss this. So thank you. I want to first preface by saying that I did not come, I did not originally envision to become like an online coach, whatever is going on right now. I, I, I wanted to have a brick and mortar you know, office and see people. I never thought that this would happen. Um, it wasn't in, even in my, you know, two-year vision, maybe a little bit, but I thought I was going to have like a, I had a vision of having a, a cool office with a bunch of people and wanting that. But, you know, as 2020 found out things, you got to shake the box a little bit. And one of the things of being an entrepreneur is being able to adapt. So this is kind of where I'm at. And I love your discussion before about, you know, you go to Pinterest and Instagram and you see these people just kind of working remote and sunny beach. And you see these ads all the time on Facebook and it maybe that's real 0.001% of the time, but that's that's really not the reality of yes. what we do as an entrepreneur from this sense. That is, is not under the bell curve. That is not under the bell curve. And it's 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 that's not real. They're selling you something different. And there's a, a raw it's just like, for example, you know, everybody knows like the, the van life thing going on, and you know, you see like the the glamorous shots of like, you know, it's like the perfect modern looking van and it's parked by the beach. But then you like actually YouTube. So I'm like, Hey, what's a day in the life of like living in a van? Like you're parked in like Walmart parking lots 
you're, you're showering at gyms and stuff. Like maybe being an entrepreneur, like an online or whatever we're doing is not like that, but there is the reality of the situation. And there's a lot of things that you have to do. Like you have to fix the sink. You have to mm-hmm. do all the stuff that's going on behind the scenes. So I don't want to scare anybody. It's just, that's that's not the glamorous life it is. There is flexibility involved. Like yep. right now I'm traveling and, and be able to do some of that. But what I would say to the most people that come in, so I, I love the fact that you touched on that. So thank you. And, and to the listeners mm-hmm. out there right now, that is the reality of it. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's it's really the same thing. It's like, hey, you see all these like beautiful pictures and what, what it is behind the scenes. I would say the number one thing I, maybe this is just me, but one, number one thing is I hear is, wow, my life was a lot easier before I became an entrepreneur. Uh, I, I had mm-hmm. a steady paycheck. Uh, I knew it was expected of me. I One of the biggest ones, actually, is I didn't have to do sales before. I didn't have to get leads. That just doesn't... It, yeah, people think about like lead gen and sales, but you have to be judge, jury, and executioner with everything you do. And most people who go into starting a business, from what I've seen, coming from a technician standpoint, like you're very technically yes. good at what you do, but are you also mm-hmm. good at managing and are you also good at dreaming? So yes. most start out technically and doing something technical, like, oh, I could start a business around the technical nature of stuff versus, hey, I'm really good at dreaming, managing, and being a technical person. And I, those all those pieces come into play. So the things that I hear most is like, I didn't have to make all the decisions I had before. I was able to take a vacation. I didn't have to worry about where my next like lead was coming from. I, the biggest one is sales, honestly. And then, of course, you can outsource your sales, but you're really kind of losing a core piece of who you are if you can't execute the sales yourself because then you won't be able to drive the business foundation. And I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I think you should outsource certain things, but you can only outsource so much that you actually have to have some fundamental principles in them too. Absolutely. And I will say that that it did. It did. And so we a few episodes before this, we had Joe Mann on the podcast and he is a, a fractional sales agency. And he has a very stringent like process for the clients that he will take on. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs, especially the ones starting out, are like, oh, yeah, I'll just outsource sales and it'll be fine. But, you know, based on like some of the things I talked about with Joe, it's like, well, you need to be at a certain revenue point. Right. And like where you need to have a certain amount of leads coming in, because, you know, in, in his space, what what most sales agencies tend to do is they will close your sales for you. But that means you still have to be out there generating leads. And I mean, depending on where you worked before you decided to become an entrepreneur, you might have no idea like at all, like lead generation. I was like, what, what is that? (laughs) Like prospects? Oh, okay. But I I worked at a government contracting agency. So I just went where they told me and and did what I was told for the most part. Uh, But I loved what you said about, you know, there was security there. I didn't have to do all the decision making. I was able to take like my vacation. And, you know, I think that that there's a lot to that. And, you know, I think working with somebody like you, there's the advantage in that I no longer just have to, to go out and get just any job, uh, you know, if I was working with you, you'd be able to, you know, again, kind of shore me up if I'm feeling down, offer encouragement, but also be like, hey, like if you're going to, you can say no to these, like just because they responded back doesn't mean you have to say yes if it doesn't feel like a good fit. And I think a lot of us, especially I can, you know, reflecting on my, f- <laughs> my first job out of the army, I didn't know. 
I didn't know. And I wish that there had been somebody there to just tell me a little bit more and give me a little bit more confidence, you know, and so you have the experience of being an entrepreneur as well. So I think that's also makes a difference. If I'm an entrepreneur looking to get back into the workplace as an employee, working with somebody who understands the struggle and understands the dream, it's the same size, two different sides of the same coin, I think would be incredibly beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. I love what you said about you know, working like, yes, you can outsource sales, and outsource whatever you want. But at the end of the day, you're starting with what you do right now. Like You're the person who's going to have to mm-hmm. give it up. It doesn't matter what it is. I mean, look at even large tech companies. They start, started with somebody you know, with the idea and had the growth from there and then adding the pieces on later. And it kind of gets to the fundamental question is, I think we talked about last time about DISC and behavior is, can your behavior... Mm-hmm handle entrepreneurship and when i've done assessments on people that are entrepreneurs right now and they want to get back into the corporate world the behavior just doesn't align with being an entrepreneur it's like really fundamentally against their behavior oh. and it's like that's why you're that's why you're struggling right now and that's why you're struggling because your behavior for example ruth you probably love risk um i love risk i i i love pushing the envelope on things and if you're not like that and you don't relish in that sort of environment, you're going to have a really difficult time with being an entrepreneur because a lot of that is managing the risk and, and taking some big leaps and kind of taking your lickings when things don't work out. And a lot of the clients I've coached and worked with, they just they really don't like the risk. And you can't outsource risks. That's the thing. There's nobody, there's, there's no piece of the puzzle that you can, Put in there that says, "Hey, yeah, can you take all your all this risk for me?" Uh, I'm not trying to say like we're jumping out of planes or anything. And risk can be very small, little incremental decisions. It doesn't have to be like I'm dropping 10 G's on you know this platform or I'm firing these people and hiring all these other people. That's not that's that's not risk. There's there's a lot of different ways. It's it's your gut check. It's your are you are you able to push forward in different areas and make minute changes and, and split second decisions that might have a, a very large impact? Like, yeah. for example, well, like it's, it's a, making that decision without knowing the outcome. Like you right. don't know what the outcome is going to be. Yeah, exactly. Although to be like, fair, I, I guess that's true of life. <laughs> like most things in life, but where do you sit with that? I think that, I know it's a little bit, you know, can be a little bit hand wavy at times and you aim not to do that on this podcast, but. That is the defiant nature of things is how do you operate yeah. in that area? Again, it's the risk means a lot of different people, a lot of things to different people, but that's the one thing I've noticed. One of my clients right now, that was the thing. Like we, I coached her, we got an offer back. She's, she's got back into industry. Things are looking bright. She's really happy, but that was the big piece. She's like, I just don't like going out there and having to like make these decisions all the day. Like I just, if I could just do what I'm doing and get paid for it, I would be so happy. And yes, that's there. It's there for your listeners out there. It's there for people that are kind of wondering. And I think you were, you were going to allude to that sort of dreaming space too. What if you could work yeah. for another job? Well, I think, like? I think, yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think that for a lot of people who, you know, especially people who float in our circles, right? Like, so I know a ton of coaches, consultants, and like done for you service people, right? And they've started their own businesses. But a lot of them, you know, some, a lot of people have started a new business during COVID, right? But a lot of the people I know did it before COVID. I'm not saying they were business owners for years or anything, but even starting in 2019, right? And then COVID hitting, 
But a lot of them did it because they couldn't find jobs where they were at doing what they love to do, right? Like if I'm a graphic designer, but I live in a small town in the middle of Idaho, like maybe I'm not going to find a place that wants to employ me as a graphic designer. So I'm working in, you know, in a brick and mortar place somewhere doing something I don't love to do. But one of the big transformations that's happened to the world is that we had to make remote work work. And so now there are agencies, you know, in San Francisco, New York, Miami, Dallas, that would be more than happy to hire you working in the middle of nowhere in, in Idaho, as long as you have an internet connection. So what, what made you become an entrepreneur may not be the same now. So you might not even want to stay an entrepreneur. Maybe you're like, look, this was a lot, but what would be best for me is to actually be a graphic designer in-house with an agency and working on all of their clients. And I can still work remote. I can still be here with my kids because I got two here who aren't in school and I don't want to pay to have somebody watch them because that's expensive. Or, you know, again, like being a content writer or being an SEO specialist or an ad specialist or, you know, any of those things you can typically find an agency that's willing to work with you on a remote basis. And the fact that we could not get work, right, either where we were located or we didn't want to work in an actual building, we wanted to work from home for a variety of lifestyle reasons. A lot of those reasons, like they're just, they don't exist anymore. Most businesses are okay now with you working remotely. I am so glad you brought this up. Thank you. I'm so glad you brought this topic up because... <laughs> The world had been screaming for it, and as horrible as COVID was, shut down business, I feel like the world had been screaming for remote work, especially where I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area, or any city with tons of traffic, and just, it was just miserable going to and from work. I mean, you're spending an hour and a hour to an hour and a half each way in job, and it's just so inefficient, and companies weren't really looking at it in that sense. They're like, well, it's the employee's time. And there was real no like metric. How do you gauge all this stuff if you don't have the other side, which would be remote work? And interestingly enough, the thing that I think, again, a lot of different people I've talked to on the subject, workplace effectiveness, I've been in contact with so many different companies about this topic. And the thing is that a lot of companies I've found, this might be anecdotal right now, might be to be shooting from the hip, but one company found that, well, first of all, the world, obviously business still went on. Yeah, things didn't unravel completely. So basically, hey, our tests of can people work remotely did work out pretty well. You know, people, yeah, you know, we're still here, we're still working through things. So, a our test and b I hear grumblings of a lot of data scientists and people and engineers looking at this specific signal, like how did efficiency increase? Like, what are we looking at right now? I don't have anything really pinpoint to just things I've been hearing, things I've been saying. I know I don't really like doing that because, but the efficiency signal is there. Yeah, what you said exactly is that there's more opportunities now. People are opening up. It's more accepted for people. So yeah, if you're if you got pushed into being an entrepreneur, the jobs are out there for you to work remote. We just have to find them. There, it's not as like in your face all the time as well. It's not a lot of places aren't just like heavily promoting remote work. And so don't. What I usually say is don't throw the opportunities out. Right now, I'm negotiating with somebody, helping assist, and we're looking at, hey, what's the remote in-office? A lot of companies are open to this discussion. This didn't happen before. Yes. It's such an exciting time to see this, to be honest, because the world had been asking for it for forever. We have the technology. I feel like people can operate in this. We're so used at this point. My disclaimer is that I think select groups of people are more 
like if you're younger in your career or something, I think there is that value add to have you in person. And so you can sure. get some hands-on uh, training. There's an emotional component there too. But for you know 75% of the workforce out there, remote work just makes sense, or at least partially remote. And a lot of companies yeah. are looking at what they call a distributed work environment. I know this is like a newer mm-hmm. term, but it's like distributed. Are there going to be more like, like basically like a spoken and spoken wheel sort of like situation where there's different hubs and a lot of companies are much more open to it. So thank you so much for talking about that. No, and I love that. Yeah. I've, I've heard about the distributed workforce and I think it's a really good idea for businesses to kind of expand their footprint and get into areas where like, you know, the cost of living would potentially be lower. So less, you know, you were talked about San Francisco. I know you have a lot of connections there, but if the headquarters is in San Francisco, but they have, you know, smaller headquarters out in other areas, you know, maybe they've got a headquarters out in Texas or, you know, and anywhere really where, you know, they can kind of create other smaller hubs. And I think that that's a wonderful idea. All right. All right. I have a scenario for you. All right. So we talked about this a little bit, but every now and then, right. When, you know, my stuff is breaking or my kids have interrupted me like 50,000 times and I didn't get the stuff done that I was supposed to. I'm like, let me go look at LinkedIn jobs real quick. Like, let's see what's over there. (laughs) So I scroll through these job listings. Right. And uh, first of all, and it's a whole nother episode, but I'm still very sad to see how much people will put in these listings, especially for marketing professionals. Like you got to have a degree and then they want you to have like five years of experience with SEO. and, And it's like, really, though, because what they were doing five years ago at SEO doesn't even work anymore. But anyway, again, that's a whole other topic. But, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm like, how am I going to make a resume now? Because I've done so many different things, not to mention the last time I was employed, I was a government intelligence analyst. So I wasn't even in marketing. But it's like, how do I even uh, make a resume? And that got me thinking when I was thinking about, you know, talking to you today was, you know, what are some of the common hurdles that entrepreneurs have to overcome going, you know, potentially back into or going into the workforce as an employee? Well, I could, I can expound upon uh, applicant tracking systems and job descriptions probably for, you know, easily half a day. So I'll try to be as efficient as possible on that topic. And then, you know, about what your resume or anything like that, like, what's the mindset? First of all, yes, it daydreaming, looking at the job descriptions. I hear that just about like every day, like what could be, (laughs) what could my life be? And I've been there and I've I've actually developed some interesting techniques around, you know, that thought process too. uh, And just how to actually use job job search engines to your, to your advantage. Cause there's a lot of data you Mm -hmm. can mine out of them. Yes. The job descriptions themselves are lengthy. I, if we could just do away, I, I think if we could just shut down job descriptions for, the next two years and just operate outside of that, I think the world would be a better place. Cause yeah, they, it's just, they're long, they're lengthy. They've got a laundry list of stuff. Like it's just so it's such an antiquated you know, platform. It's really, it's in need of, of some new technology, but it's probably not going to happen forever. That's my little bit of a rant on that. And yes, if you're daydreaming <laughs> and looking at that, you should, it's fine. You know, do that. Daydream a little bit, spin what could be, because that might give you a little bit of hope in which direction you want to go. And we want to talk about that a little bit deeper. We, there's cer- certainly some some interesting exercises and, and sort of thought experiments you can do around that. So it's healthy. Don't don't beat yourself up if you're like, oh, geez. Okay. I, you know, you know, I'm looking at this. You feel like you're cheating or something on a spouse. I'm like, oh, geez. 
Right? Yeah, like you know, you're cheating like, on your business. <laughs> yeah, you're like cheating on your business. Like, oh my goodness, like it's normal to be, if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this right now, like it's normal to have an existential crisis like every three hours. So just kind of roll with those punches. <laughs> uh, but what would I say to people? Okay, first of all, to the entrepreneurs who are like, man, actually, I'm throwing in the towel. It's, it's fine for me to actually like make a regular paycheck and feel good about myself again and, and feel like I'm not just burning the candle at both ends and going in the red every month. I would not, I would say don't over index or over analyze your resume. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't, don't use that as like your mental tool to like have you go forward. In fact, like if you don't even want to write a resume, sometimes like don't, (laughs) I mean, if you've got a digital presence as like a recruiter, I mean, sorry, as a, as an entrepreneur, you've got a really good, background on you and you built a lot of collateral there and i would say collateral is king these days for for people that's one thing i stress as as an entrepreneur or even as just as a general job seeker is building collateral this this day and age is paramount to your success going forward creating some sort of anything i usually i usually say that and in fact one of my chapters in the book is about just creating something for yourself I mean, I don't know mm-hmm. care what it is. It's a video. It's it's a podcast. It's a presentation. It's a white paper. Like create some sort of collateral that will show your expertise in whatever area you want to go into next. And as an entrepreneur, you can go into a lot of different areas. Actually, you have more areas that you could think of. And granted, most people like pick a piece of their current work that they're doing and, and index that towards what you know specialization they want to go next. Maybe there's a piece of their business they really enjoy doing maybe it's the marketing aspect maybe it is just the podcasting aspect maybe it's the the digital creation of things maybe it's the the editing whatever piece that you really like love to do because let's be honest like yeah there's ceo jobs out there and you you might you know get picked to be a ceo because you ran a business for a while and they're they're looking for that opportunity so maybe that's what we index on all you say is like don't again getting back to it don't let you're like oh i gotta create this resume and then i can find a job like that's actually the the last thing. I, even though I do make a resume in my process with people, but I usually say, "Hey, this is just a flexible document. Let's get some ideas down." So don't think you have to like fit this mm-hmm. like the square peg in the round hole all the time. Like, oh, this resume has to be like match all this stuff. Let's reverse engineer that a little bit and say, "What is it you really want to do with the company next?" And let's build around that. You know, let's let's build let's build around that. So let's take it from that aspect rather than just. Hey, I gotta, you know, be this. It's like, what do you want to do next for this company? For example, I'll I'll tell you right now, like I've done this thought experiment too. And I'm like, okay, well, if I was going to work for a company, what would I really like to do? And I came to the conclusion, like, I would love to be a sales manager. Like, I love I I think sales is super fun. I'm not I'll be transparent to your listeners out there. I'm not, I'm okay with sales. Like I, I'm not going to, I'm not like a hard line. I'm not like Jedi mind trick kind of guy. Like I like sales. <laughs> I, I think it's kind of fun, but I, what I really like to do is actually teach people sales fundamentals. I think it's super fun. I've done that with a number of my clients who are salespeople. Some of my friends who are salespeople, they kind of come to me and go, well, do you have any sales methodology? Like, what do you think about this? And I think it'd be super fun to like run a sales team and, and, and give that knowledge and that feedback and the data and all of that. So, I've done that thought experiment before, and maybe that's for your clients too. Like, what aspect of running a business do I see myself doing, and, and then build the collateral around that? That's 
Okay, I like that. See, you're so good. You like halfway got me wanting to try it out. Like, <laughs> and honestly, I I don't even know. I I oh, that's oh really? You really you're like so you're like a marketing like pulse like you know brand. I don't even know. I, th- I know it's all like buzzwordy kind of gobbledygook, but you 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 have a really good pulse on those pieces. So if you're listening to this right now, like yeah, you've helped me out, kind of like ooh. Like you give me such good insight on some, you know, I know we had like a couple conversations here and there and you're like, well, why did you just say that? And I did that and I posted, like, I just said what you said and I posted, I got tons of reactions. It's, it was really cool. So I'm just, well, I that, that. Look, that was, that was you being you, you said what you wanted to say versus, versus saying what you filtered and what you thought was okay. But it's, it's interesting. I think this, this idea, right. Of, of what it is that we would do and what I've come to love doing is so interwoven, you know, in terms of like the different opportunities I have to be creative. I've had more than one person ask me if I was an actress. (laughs) Like I was like, Oh, you watched a few too many of my TikToks is what happened there. But I, I think that that's really interesting thought experiment in and of itself. Like if, even if you're not considering employment, but like what you would do, like what you, if you were going into another company, new slate, let's just say like they already said yes. And they're like, write your job description. What would you write down? Exactly. What would you write down? That's a fascinating question. I I think I'm going to have to journal about that just to answer the question because off the top of my head, I I don't even know. And that's how you could make your own position. And again, my strategy working with people is taking the power, like, this is like taking the power into what you do. And there's so many companies, I can even, okay, here's a quick rant to a side. To listeners out there, if you want another kind of fun little tidbit, there's something called the book of lists. And it's like the business times will put this out every single year. And the book of lists will have like, it's, it'll have a, it's a hard copy or even a soft copy of, of small businesses that are in your area and you would be absolutely astounded by how many small businesses are in your area like you'd just be blown away how how many small businesses are just in like your 20 mile radius of where you're at and if you approach multiple companies within the same vertical with your same pitch of what you can do and how you can support like there's somebody that needs what you what you're thinking about yourself out there i think we the need you're getting back to like the job descriptions Remember the listeners out there, the companies that can pay for these job descriptions, which might be a good or bad thing, they kind of flood the market and it's it's quasi-marketing too. So that's why don't limit yourself with what you just see online a lot of the time. So that's another whole thing. But the book of lists on the flip side, if you want to look at that, you can order. I know it's kind of expensive, but it'll just give you an eye opener about how many small businesses are really just in your geographic region. It's pretty amazing. And approaching those companies, like like what you just said with this thought experiment, like this is what I would do. And the, the last little tidbit I, I want to outline as well is you know, becoming an expert in that area, an expert on competition. Like you could outsmart your competition by understanding so much about them. Like I usually say, prepare your case like you're a lawyer going to court, like with who you, what you can do, what you can offer, like just just be that person. And yes, you can apply online and do all that stuff, but taking a little bit more of an empowered approach and a little bit more of a defiant approach is going to yield some pretty interesting results. Uh, I love it. Okay. So we, we touched on quite a few topics that we probably could have even gone deeper on, of course, but before we go, what I wanted to do, I wanted you to tell us a bit about your book that you've got coming out here soon. 
Oh, great. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, my, my book is called Stop Rolling the Money Dice. It's a former entrepreneur's guide to finding a great job and collecting the paycheck that you deserve. Mm, mm, that's going to be so good. Okay. So there's what I've um, outlined essentially is giving you a, a, you know, you've been out of the job hunting sphere for a while. So food for thought, what's going on, things to think about, and also an action plan at the end of it. And it's not just some, you know, hand wavy action plan. Like it literally is core pieces of the process that I have that you can implement and just some different mind. I think it's really important, a different mind space because a lot of people get stuck in this, like you said, looking at the job descriptions and feeling like this is the only thing to do. Whereas there's a, just like business, just like anything, there's a, a lot of different avenues out there for you to accomplish your goals. Oh yeah. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I'm excited for that to come out. I think that that's going to be able to help a lot of people based on, you know, a lot of what we were able to talk about today, you know, just how the job market has changed a lot. The, the openness and acceptance of remote work may help a lot of entrepreneurs maybe find really good places in, in businesses that really need their skills and they can, you know, feel supported and, and be, you know, in a workplace that, that feels, like home and comfortable and emotionally, psychologically and physically safe, you know, so I think that that's all incredibly important. And I think I would just like to close with the fact that, you know, and we, we talked about this before I hit record, but it, employment and entrepreneurship, one is not better than the other. It's like if, if, if we're all exercising, I'm not going to tell you that marathon running, although I did do half marathons for a while, or bodybuilding, which I also did. But you know, I'm not going to tell you that one of those is supreme. If you tell me that you're a rower, right? Like you're a rower and you want to even competitively row. Like I'm not going to be over here being like, oh, but that's not half marathons. Mm, that's not bodybuilding. Like they're both valid. Like they're both good. I'm happy that you're exercising. All right. So if the goal is to make some type of income to support your lifestyle, to make revenue and to make an impact, you can do that as an entrepreneur and you can do that as an employee. So I just want, you know, that to be open. Don't stay as an entrepreneur if if it's ruining your marriage, ruining your relationship with your kids, running you the risk of losing your house or getting kicked out of your apartment because you're not making your payments. Like, don't don't do that. Don't do that. Like, it sounds really good when they put it in the movies. It really does. It sounds good. But that is not under the bell curve. That is not under the bell curve. And if you can take a step back and be an employee, maybe run your business part-time, something like that, maybe don't do it at all. Maybe you were just in the wrong place at the, the right time, wrong place, wrong time. I don't know. But anyway, I'm just blabbing at this point. But I just want to say, if if entrepreneurship, like if, if that was something you did before, maybe take a look at the environment now and see if it's something you still want to do. And if not, you have a wonderful network now as an entrepreneur. Perhaps there is somebody in your network that would be able to offer you your dream job, right? Yeah, perfectly said. I have really nothing to add to that. That's just <laughs> a hole in one right there. Thank you. Yeah, I just, I think, you know, it's just a, it's a journey and there are a lot of right paths, you know, and, but if the path is perpetual unhappiness, I would say that whatever is that path for you, the perpetually unhappy path, that would be the only one I would say is the wrong path. So whatever that looks like for you, if you're perpetually unhappy, then you're probably on the wrong path. But Eric, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I think a lot of entrepreneurs tie employment to like failure. Like if I'm an employee, then I'm a failure. There are a lot of people who say they're unemployable now because they're entrepreneurs and they just love it so much or whatever. And I just, I just want to say like you, you can be successful as an entrepreneur, 
but it's possible you may want to sell your business and become an employee again. Like there's a lot of different ways to succeed, right? So just thank you so much for coming and having this conversation with me, being open to it, because as entrepreneurs, I don't think we talk about it enough. Yeah. Case in point, we don't talk about it enough and it's always just grind on until you, you know, you can't go on anymore. So let's not get to that point because there's a, there's a good life for you out there. And there's people that really want what you do and you can get paid very, very well too. So yeah, thank you again, Ruthie, for having me. A wonderful conversation. Hopefully come back. Love it. Yes, yes. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. So just to keep in mind, this uh, was my interview with Eric Morse, who is the founder of Ideal Career Coach. And if you'd like to reach out to him, we'll have his links in the description for this episode. Definitely reach out, connect. Uh, like I said, he sounds like for me, like he's he's somebody you should have in your back pocket, you know, to really help you really change my mind, you know, my mind just throughout this conversation in terms of looking at, at the job market and kind of understanding what's out there now versus what I thought I was seeing. So I think that that's really important and it'll help me, you know, better help folks when they're coming to me, you know, even family members and things for advice. So just make sure you connect with him. And if you didn't catch his first episode, that was the episode, two episodes before this one, it went live last week. Do check that out. And again, Eric, thank you so much. Thank you, Ruthie. so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with others and post about it on social media. To link up with other Defiant businesses, join my Facebook group, the Defiant Business Group. The link is in the episode description. Thank you so much. And I will see you next time.